0: This is tremendous mass of waves all over in space,
1: which is the light bouncing around the room, going from one thing to the other, and it's more really there, really, really there. But you gotta stop and think about it, about the complexity to really get the pleasure. It's all. about all of this, to think about the vast emptiness of
0: space, there's billions and
1: billions of stars, billions and billions of
0: specks. the beauty of the living thing is not the atoms that go into it, but the way those atoms are put together, the cosmos is also within us, we're made of stars.
1: Of space, the stars are others. We've traveled this way before, and there is
0: much to be learned.
1: WCBN FM Ann
0: Arbor. Liberty, justice, equality Maybe in the 21st century I'm having
1: the same problem I burned the flag for you, baby My God,
0: what's that? I've never heard anything like it God, it, got it
1: And we have left off Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and I'm Jim Doyle. And a little bit of muggy weather here in Michigan, uh, probably doesn't bode well for much of the summer. Uh, flash floods happening on across the United States. Uh, National Forest uh, camp area in Arkansas literally washed away. Uh, campers and peeled the asphalt back and apparently there was 10 inches of rain today in uh, oklahoma city where i guess the how's the song go oh oklahoma. <laughs> something about the sun shining on the plane or whatever well anyway uh, this uh, of course is a uh, side effect of climate change
0: climate shift what's that well, that's crazy talk
1: yeah Anyway, uh, Barack Obama is going to be given a nationally televised speech from the Oval Office tomorrow night, first one of his presidency, obviously addressing the growing BP bung plug problem. There has been some improvement uh, with some of the oil being siphoned off, but I uh, wanted to read a brief item, just, you know, it's interesting to compare things regarding the Exxon Valdez. Uh, this... Uh, From the science section of the New York Times dated uh, the 19th of uh, January, 25 years after the Exxon, 20 years, excuse me, after Exxon Valdez uh, supertanker spilled, 11 million gallons of crude. And, of course, we've now found out that uh, basically every eight days that the spill has been going on, there's the equivalent of an Exxon Valdez spill. Uh They've upped the estimates. Uh, The Prince William Sound in southern Alaska, everything is pristine and natural, right? Not exactly. A study in 2004 estimated that perhaps 25,000 gallons of oil remained along the Sound's gravel beaches and was degrading very slowly. Researchers asked why. Despite uh, the largest environmental cleanup in history, why has the oil persisted? Well, Michael... Bufidel, an environmental engineer at Temple University, and a colleague, Hung uh, Long Ling, have provided an answer in a paper in Nature Geoscience. They report that the oil has become trapped in a zone of low permeability below the beach surface. Basically, what happens is the oil seeps down through the sand... And it goes down so far, and then because of the lack of oxygen, it doesn't degrade any further. And as the study noted, otters... Thus
0: it would continue to leach chemicals into the soils uh, in which it is mixed.
1: And basically the thing that was interesting is that uh, animals, uh, particularly otters, um, dig into the uh, sand... And uh, as Dr. Budafel said, when they dig into deeper sediments, the whole place would smell of oil. So this will be one of the consequences of this oil coming ashore uh, in the Gulf Coast. And it's uh, interesting how the spill is now sort of drifting away from Louisiana, which uh, is good to the extent that uh, this is a delicate ecosystem and headed more
0: towards the beaches of Florida. So... And the tourism trade, yes itself uh man centered well uh f- uh there's a large museum of uh sea life uh an aquarium and so forth in Seward, Alaska that was largely paid for uh with monies uh, kicked over by Exxon but uh the rocks are still ca- uh caked and coated with uh petroleum there so it just doesn't go away, despite uh, what we may have been told once upon a time by uh, industry executives, just like uh, nuclear waste, you know, has this half-life, this uh, decay problem. Oh, well, you just bury it, and it just it goes away. Uh, these things don't go away. Nothing just goes away. Yeah, and I, I did read an
1: interesting uh, thing in yesterday's uh, New York Times Magazine section that I didn't bring in because I don't remember the fellow's name, but he was a basically a uh, naval uh, oceanographer who pretty much in a brief interview stated that, as he put it, uh, Obama and uh, Stephen Chu are, quote, overthinking the problem. Um, they're trying to allow BP to, ex- you know, collect oil rather than using an underground explosion to actually use bedrock to collapse the whole thing. And he says that the Russians have successfully done this four times. Well, of course... uh, What it does, of course, is it shuts down the oil Yeah, that's coming out of the... But that's the goal here. And maybe it's appropriate that uh, there's been a deadline set, and we may see some sort of uh, change in policy. And it's interesting how, you know, because of all the political clamor uh, regarding uh, claims and BP's bureaucracy and how people are are not being compensated immediately. As we've pointed out over the last several weeks, there have been massive oil spills in Ecuador and Nigeria. Indonesia. W- Indonesia that uh, oil companies are still battling in court over. And um, these indigenous people are affected uh, egregiously by oil spills, and uh, Americans unfortunately, are oblivious to the reality. I mentioned Nigeria in particular because they're one of the top five uh, countries that we import oil from. And uh, needless to say, because of the complexities of oil uh, as it relates to our economy, there are no quick fixes. Obviously, we need to still have oil, but we need to more aggressively pursue alternative renewable energy sources, and uh, we need to work on these problems post haste to paraphrase paul volcker the time we have is growing short
0: well indeed uh, pursuing other options um, bulgaria has recently uh, considered withdrawing from a regional oil pipeline project because of the risk of a very similar situation uh, to what's going on in the gulf of mexico Um, other countries around the world are looking at, gee, well, maybe we don't want to pursue the uh, idea of deep water drilling. And as far as peak oil is concerned, uh, industry projections as far as when down the line peak oil uh, will have been reached, uh, that's largely dependent on this continued process of deep water drilling. So if deep water drilling is no longer economically feasible, then peak oil has perhaps already arrived. And this is something that the industry is scrambling to uh, figure out at the moment as they scramble so much. And we have the amusing aspect of people reacting to the reactions. Uh, Apparently, there are a number of uh, British citizens who feel hurt that the name British Petroleum has sort of singled them out, that they're somehow culpable individually Mm -hmm. for uh, American you know, Ameri- the brunt of American anger, Obama's been told to back off from the going-to-kick-some-ass language right? because, oh, well, that's hurtful. It still doesn't approach anything uh, nearly half as bad as uh, Commandante W. said, so uh, kicking a little ass, it's a colloquial expression. It's not uh, particularly offensive.
1: Right, and he took great umbrage at all the criticism that he's taking here at home. Indeed. Um, obviously, one of the lessons to be learned from this whole experience is that not enough um, plan B planning has ever been made regarding oil spills, and these aren't going to go away. By the way, if you want to read a optimistic view of oil's expanding frontiers, (gasps) do tell. (laughs) George Will, the man with the sweaty upper lip, the sweaty upper lip, back on the 11th of uh, November 2009 had a uh, rather... um, Pro Oil uh, column, uh, as he notes, that total wind and solar power combined are just one-sixth of one percent of America's energy consumption. Nuclear, the United States and other rich nations endorse, and I'm quoting from his uh, column in Ann com, endorse reducing world carbon emissions uh, over 80 percent by 2050. But Oliver North and a uh, Morton, a science writer, says that if nuclear is to supply even just 10% of the necessary carbon-free energy, the world must build more than 50 large nuclear power plants a year. Currently, five are being built. Implication being he wants to build more nuclear plants. And, of course, he uh, discusses the uh, Canadian oil sands um, we've noted down here that the cost uh, effectiveness of the oil sands, the tar sands, so to speak, that by the way is our la- Canada is our largest uh, importer of oil uh, for America's needs. It's important to remember the Gulf is roughly about 1.7 billion barrels of oil a day. The United States consumes 20 million a day. So it's a very small percentage of total oil consumption. And, of course, it's something like, I think the number that I seem to remember on this is it's about uh, 25% of domestic oil production. Uh, America has to import two-thirds of it. And needless to say, oil, of course... There just aren't simple transportation solutions because it's important to remember that transportation only accounts uh, for about 62 to 64 percent of total oil consumption here in the United States. Guess what consumes 15 percent? The American military. They c- need, on a daily basis, a million barrels of oil to operate the planes, the tanks, the trucks, and the whole kibbit and caboodle, the ships. Etc. Them's the facts. Yeah. When are we going to look in the mirror? And I don't know what Obama's speech is going to be about, uh, but uh, let's hope there's passion, but not, uh, uh, shall we say, a misplaced wrath, because I don't think at this point that's going to be productive.
0: No, um, and of course the reactions to that will be uh just as uh, destructive. Um a couple of related statistics from the uh new harper's index. This is the uh, July edition. Uh the first one of which uh, embarrassingly uh contains a number so vast that I don't even know the word for it. What what's next beyond a trillion? quadrillion. quadrillion. Listen to this <laughs> and just try and wrap your mind around. I'm a lit major so right. I numbers are not my uh forte. But uh, And that is correct pronunciation, by the way, Fort, not Forte. Um, Estimated cost of the environmental damage caused each year by the world's 3,000 largest companies, 2 quadrillion, 200 trillion. Each year. Portion of the company's total profits, this represents one-third. We're talking about 3,000 of the world's largest corporations here, so we are talking about vast quantities of money beyond any nation-state's capacity to raise this sort of uh, cash. Number of industrial facilities found by the EPA in this country to have been in continuous violation of the Clean Air Act since 2007. 2,000. When we see corporations that are allowed to self-regulate entire industries that function without a plan B, uh, and uh, we see the consequences. And then, uh, just this last week, uh, interesting development in the Bhopal case. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, of course, uh, in, back in December of 1984, a gas leak at a union carbide pesticide plant in Bhopal, India, killed an estimated 8,000 to 15,000 people over the course of uh, initially it was a nighttime uh, accidental release of uh, poison gas. Uh, 500,000 have been left suffering from toxic after effects, and this includes a wide range of uh, physical maladies. Um, Well, this has been dragged through the courts all this time. Uh, This happened in late 84. In um, 1985 to 89, there was a process by which the Indian government filed claims for $3 billion, Union Carbide settled in 1889 for 470 million, with a few dozen million to be tacked on later. Uh, they were then sold uh, to Dow Chemical, and so now Union Carbide Americas says, "Well, this is—we don't have anything to do with this. We sold that, as if they could sell their culpability away too." Which, unfortunately, they did. Which that legally, this yes.
1: gets back to the whole problem with liability and corporations. Yep, and this is at the heart of this. Disaster in the Gulf, uh, you know, the, the Congress, in response to the Al- Exxon Valdez bill, passed legislation that limited their liability
0: to $75 million. Yeah. This is staggering. Indeed, uh, this article uh, by James Lamont in uh, June 8th's Financial Times uh, goes on to note here that uh, after all these years, uh, seven executives in India have been uh, sentenced to two years jail and 2,000 dollar fines this is essentially like it's a, a traffic violation or a, you know vehicular manslaughter or something this is nine eleven times three as yeah. far as body count sure you know roughly and uh, of
1: course the injuries are just mind-boggling yeah. because these include birth uh, defects and uh, all sorts of horrendous things that are connected to cyanide
0: yeah and this, is, uh, and this is an
1: example, by the way, of multinational corporations producing products, you know, what was actually being made there, who knows, uh, probably something that lines uh, American garbage pails or something, a chemical that's probably not safe, not tested, and, you know, the, the regulation in the United States is um, mind-boggling, mind-bogglingly insufficient regarding some of these chemicals.
0: No doubt. Uh, and to uh, connect back to the point you just made about these limitations on corporate uh, culpability here, the Hindu nationalist uh, Bharatiya Janata Party yesterday appealed to the Indian government to slow up a proposed nuclear liability bill in the light of the misery inflicted by Bhopal. Uh, should be by uh, Union Carbide at Bhopal. Such a bill, now before the parliament, would place a cap on compensation in case of nuclear accident, as India tries to increase its reliance on atomic power. So, uh, wow. Uh, governments exist for whom? For the protection of the people within uh, a sovereign territory? Or uh, is this just uh, an old-fashioned concept? Well, it's it's quaint, <laughs> to use a
1: word. <laughs> it's occasionally thrown around by... Uh, Former members of the Bush administration, <laughs> and uh, leaving aside the the uh, uh, some of the other implications, you know, one of the staggering things about, um, startling things, I should say, about the uh, uh, Bo Paul accident in 1984 was that the American stock market was only up that year, the year that Ronald Reagan got reelected and mm. declared mourning in America with those. Uh, those reassuring uh, campaign commercials that uh, Reagan Jowl, had, jiggling tones <laughs> Reagan had sort of soothed the waters, the turmoil of the economy. You know, here before that, he, his uh, numbers were in the tank because the eighty one eighty two recession was one mm-hmm. of the largest. Uh, well, to it date. was the largest since uh, the Great Depression. Morning in America, Union Carbide was up based on speculation that it would be taken over. And of course, Union Carbide fought these, uh, these uh, lawsuits by claiming that there had been sabotage uh, without ever mm. really proving it, that it was the fault of some engineer that, 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 you know, that, that it was a deliberate act, that they weren't culpable, that this was sabotage from within the, the, the structure, never mind the, the consequences of what they were doing there in the third world with right. deregulated situations. Only McDonald's and Union Carbide allowed the Dow Jones Industrial to go up in 1984. Union Carbide stock went up after this incredible accident on speculation that there would be a takeover. This is the kind of madness that uh, unfortunately operates in our economy. And uh, it's uh, sickening.
0: Yeah, the Union Carbide uh, plant uh, that suffered this leak uh, still stands and in fact, according to another article by James Lamont in this weekend's edition, uh, it looks as though it had been recently abandoned. It is hauntingly intact. In the control room hangs a board explaining what to do in alarm sound. Outside the excavated giant black tank in which the deadly chemical reaction took place Call Your Mother <laughs> lies like a beached submarine. More tanks lie nearby in a cracked underground concrete bunker, rent open by extreme heat, their dials burst. A few hundred meters away, blighted families store a disturbing collection of medical records, death certificates, compensation grants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There are said to be 325 tons of toxic material still lying on the plant site, in the soil, in the ground around mm-hmm. the surrounding areas. So, precious little has been done, and uh, this is 1984.
1: Yeah, and that shows how. Corporations can drag the process out indefinitely, and and needless to say, even in this uh, current uh, bung plug problem down in the uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, you hear whispers and rumors that uh, that uh, you know Transocean is somehow going to be held responsible. Because hmm. the bizarre thing is that uh, BP owns the well, Transocean owned the rig that exploded. Oh, okay. So when we last week joked around about Larry Moe and <laughs> Curly Joe and cement, this gets to the heart of the investigation that's going to occur regarding uh, warnings that, that occurred several days before the cement was brought in about the consequences of cementing um, the well. And while preliminary reports... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, t- to borrow a phrase from Dr. Strangelove, are uh, uh, still coming in, so to speak. Uh, uh, we don't want to doom the whole program. The human factor seems to have failed us here. <laughs> yes. uh, preliminary reports actually seem to indicate that Halliburton was the company that warned about the uh, consequences of this natural gas. And natural gas, of course, is at the heart of the explosion. Mm-hmm. This bizarre foaming fountain down 5,000 feet uh, on the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico. It's like Uh, a lava lamp from hell. Yes. It's spewing, spewing, and it's spewing a a significantly greater quantity than BP would admit, Mm -hmm. or apparently was willing to calculate. Um, They own the well. Transocean owns the rig, so there's going to be very complicated liability even involving who's at fault here. Don't be surprised, because the Justice Department has now opened up a criminal investigation that people will clam up, that they'll hire lawyers. Um, and then there are murky issues regarding U.S. law out in out in the deep sea. Um, don't even want to go there right now, but... Uh, Trust me, this is going to be a uh, drawn-out process. Now, there may be... Your uh,
0: children will be talking about this one.
1: Yeah, and maybe there will be some sort of temporary um, funding that Obama is going to demand in consultation with BP directly regarding initial claims to speed them up. (laughs) But uh, the Bhopal uh, catastrophe demonstrates how uh, inadequate the compensation ends up being. And uh, this is sad. Or to
0: quote Ross Perot, it's really sad. (laughs) Indeed. Well, uh, where to turn uh, now? We've only got about five or so minutes left in the program, so we'll probably push back uh, commentary. Uh, There's still an investigation. Israel is promising to uh, name an investigative panel of inquiry into the... uh, Gaza ship raid, and uh, lots to say about that. Uh, but there's some interesting things going on with uh, Afghanistan as well, and maybe this is something that Obama might mention tonight as well.
1: Yeah, because there's a there's a projected uh, offensive about to begin in Kandahar.
0: And in the context of that, uh, sort of a, one of those back-page stories that is probably really a front-page story, if maybe a below-the-fold front-page story, about escalating violence in Kyrgyzstan. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we've noted down here, uh, since uh, Commandante W, I still can't say the word president, really, uh, it's hard, um, initiated this uh, bizarre, mistaken war in Iraq and Afghanistan, the ripples have continued to spread. Pakistan's utterly destabilized, and now... Uh, Kyrgyzstan is increasingly destabilized. Russia sent a battalion of paratroopers to safeguard its facilities over the weekend. The Kyrgyz army has ordered a shoot to kill uh, to put a clamp on rioting. Ninety-seven people have been killed over the weekend, 1,200 wounded. Um, This is the worst unrest in the Central Asian country for more than two decades. Again, good old ethnic uh, violence, Uzbeks and Kyrgyz. Um, Russian press is reporting that 75,000 ethnic Uzbek refugees had poured across the border into Uzbekistan seeking protection. So mass quantities of uh, peoples destabilized. Um. And Kyrgyzstan is bizarre in the sense that there's both a major
1: Russian base, military base, and American base. And wh- that American base, of course, uh, was jeopardized several years ago when the uh, Kyrgyzstani government wanted to get rid of it. Uh, the United States up the anti pain uh, rather large sums of money to keep the base yeah. uh, intact and operational because it is the main air. Um, base resupply operation for the war in Afghanistan.
0: Yeah, it's north of Afghanistan, and if you look at it on a map, it's the strangest shaped country in the world. It looks a little
1: bit like the oil spill in the Gulf. It does, it does. (laughs) It
0: looks like somebody poured something and it just sort of flowed in a certain direction, and indeed these borders, as we've noted, are not really... Uh, typical or traditional in the sense of the European Convention of a Nation-State. Exactly, Uh, And this is largely at heart. We've got, you know, multiplicities of ethnic groups. Uh, Often uh, one will end up imposing its will politically or militarily on the other, and lo and behold. uh, And while not an expert on Kyrgyzstan, I seem to remember that the country
1: physically is actually sort of divided by a rather large mountain range, so that there is a complete... Separate culture between the yeah. two sides of the country.
0: A narrow sort of a... Think of the Mason-Dixon hits, miss- line, yeah. only
1: this is a geographical Mason-Dixon line that uh, possibly down the road could lead, in fact, to the split up of Kyrgyzstan into yep. two separate nations. And needless to say, these uh, these ethnic uh, problems, these tribal societies uh, in that area of the world are at the inability and in the heart of the misunderstanding that the United States has regarding... Uh,
0: The war on terror. The global war on terror. global war on terror. It's everywhere. According to Richard Barrett, uh, who heads a UN team uh, tracking the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, who also happens to be a uh, former British uh, intelligence expert in counterinsurgency strategies, uh, has basically said that uh, McChrystal's plan isn't working and it isn't going to work. I mean, to... Put a fine point on it. <laughs> right. You are listening to WCBN-FM
1: Ann Arbor, by the way. It's a little uh, after 7 p.m. You're listening to Gray Matters here on this fine station, and Yazoo City Calling will be coming up next here in a second. I wanted to read this little bizarre item that I found interesting. We are a music station. This dated from the 20th of May, not too long ago, uh, on Art's Briefly section compiled by Milena Rizik. She writes, combine the downward trend of album sales with a week of no major releases, and what do you have? The fewest number of album sales, 5.3 million, in a single week since Nielsen SoundScan started tracking them in 1991. Topping the chart of Billboard albums this week is Justin Bieber's My World
0: 2.0. Never heard of the guy. <laughs> Oh, he's one of those like fifteen-year-old heartthrob. Yeah, guys he looks kind of like a YouTube clip for walking into a revolving door a week or oh, so. Ago. Okay, <laughs> G- got to start on I YouTube. Don't think uh, too many people down here are playing uh, Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. <laughs> it might be Bieber, but I I think it's Bieber. Bieber sounds just fine to <laughs> me. Uh, well, the the music industry is in utter disarray and collapse. They really did not have an adequate response to the digital technologies that have flooded the market. And uh, so that's a whole other bag of worms. Um, but a funny one.
1: Yes. And uh, speaking of military uh, escalation in Afghanistan, uh, it's not often that we quote from the U.S. toady. But every now and then they come up with something that's kind of interesting. This uh, from a couple of weeks ago by uh, Greg Zorora. Ya, uh, excuse me. Kind of a tricky name there. Uh, mental disorders caused more hospitalizations among U.S. troops in 2009 than any other reason, according to medical data released recently by the Pentagon. Um It's interesting how they trace the uh, hospitalization regarding mental uh, 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 problems uh, from serving in the military. This is the result of these extended tours of duty. The all-volunteer army, according to one military expert, uh, Thomas Ricks, is on the verge of collapse. That may be a bit of an exaggeration, but uh, um, he, uh, I I guess, had a kind of controversial blog several weeks ago about the— inattention, as he put it, the inadequacy that he felt Michelle Obama had been giving to the spouses yeah. of um, the military personnel, primarily uh, women, obviously, that this was going to be addressed uh, as one of her pet projects. And she's apparently done some things, but he didn't think it was adequate follow through and this, that and the other. But um, that's been one of her um, sort of special interests as First Lady um, thought the criticism might have been a little harsh uh, because she can only do so much. It's up